0: on the show, they bring together the best and brightest minds to share with you how to have a more confident financial picture. They empower listeners with simple, common sense, and financial wisdom. And now, here are your hosts from LPF Advisors.
1: Okay, I want to welcome everybody to the Confident Retirement Podcast brought to you by LPF Advisors. I am your host here, Chris Fleming, as always. And today, I have the pleasure of welcoming Bev Murray on the podcast. She is a highly successful realtor in Sarasota, Florida, specializing in residential, vacant land, and development sales. Bev closely follows local trends in real estate marketing and technology. She's a real estate negotiation expert. I don't know if that's a Renee or a Rennie. We'll find out. She's fluent in two other languages, maybe dangerous in others. Bev, thanks for being here and welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. Okay. We are going to have some fun. So, Bev, you have an interesting history. Tell me how you found your career and kind of how you started in the business.
2: Well, I think it's safe to say that I started by accident. I didn't plan to go into real estate. It mostly had to do with the fact that my husband and I, back in 99, we were living and working in London, Having a good time, enjoying the nightlife, uh, and we decided to move to Sarasota, Florida. We moved completely on a whim, with no intention of staying here. I think we were just attracted by the the you know the sunshine and fed up with sitting in damp, dreary apartments in in central London. So, my father in law had been vacationing over here and we had sort of dabbled in a few investments. And he said, you know what? You should come over here, set up a business. It's a great life. So we did, basically. We got our green cards. We got married, got our green cards, and then moved to Sarasota. And we've been here ever since. So going on 23 years. So when I arrived, I'd always worked for corporations, large multinationals, and traveled and, you know, very much a corporate life. And then I moved here, thinking that I would find a corporation and and work for them. Clearly, there aren't there isn't that much industry in Sarasota, so I had I just decided to do something that where I'd be self employed. Uh, I had done recruitment head hunting in in London. I uh, worked for clients such as the BBC and various media companies, which was fun. So actually, I suppose in hindsight, a progression from matching people to jobs and then matching people to homes was fairly logical. So, um, I signed up with a local company here, Michael Saunders and company. Um, I think I was probably their youngest agent when I joined and I've been doing it ever since.
1: Okay. So a long span of time between then and now. So that, that's a good segue into my next question. If you could go back in time and consult with the younger Beverly, is there something that you wish you knew when you started out that, you know, now?
2: Oof, well, that, that, that's a long list, but yeah, uh, I would say, us. actually, <laughs> I would say, actually, probably, I wish I knew then that I'd be really good at this.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. And so would that have yeah. meant that you would have done some things differently or you just would have had a different maybe attitude um, on I how think, you approach?
2: Yeah, I think I would have had a um, different attitude. And probably it boils down to, you know, I, was, I felt very young when I moved over here, but just because I, I was young, you know, this is an older demographic. Everybody's caught up with me or perhaps I've caught up with them then. But yeah, I think it was a confidence of, you know, it was clear that I, couldn't have any prior experience, you know, I just moved from another country. So yeah, I think that probably mostly I wish I'd known how fun this was going to be and then how good a career I could make out of it. I'd have, you know, perhaps gone at it gung-ho sooner really.
1: Yeah, well, if you've gone from corporate world to starting your own business, that can be scary on a whole bunch of different fronts.
2: Yeah, Um, yeah, that was never my intention.
1: Right, right. So that being said, is there, is there something at this point in your career that you especially like the best about your business?
2: I love the variety. I love the fact that I have complete and utter independence.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, but I think the f- aspect that I most love about the business is negotiation. I, okay. I kind of really like persuading people.
1: Okay, yeah. And that's, there's a certain nuance to that. We probably, that would be another podcast that we would do, which would actually be a topic <laughs> and we might do that, right. but we want to stick to the, we want to stick to our topics today. So on the flip side of that, um, what what area of the business do you often find the most challenging for you? Is there parts of it that you don't particularly like or, cause you said you like the negotiation yeah. a lot. So
2: Yeah, I do. But I I think one of the interesting things is is this is a very unique sales environment, real estate, because you have your buyer, you have their agent, typically, Mm -hmm. you have the seller and you have their agent. So you've got lots of layers in there, in the the communication process. Mm -hmm. And I can only control me and my buyer, I don't have access to the seller, for example, and I have to rely on my, the agent I'm cooperating with to know what they're doing and, you know, help bring the deal to a, to a successful conclusion. So it can be frustrating in that respect. Right now, the market's frustrating just because there's so many buyers who are desperate. And, and it's hard to see, to not be able to help families in particular, but anybody really who absolutely has to buy a home. It's hard to sit by and not be able to do that for them in the same with the same level of ease that we could have done even sort of 18 months ago.
1: Oh, and another way of saying that, I guess, it's when people are involved, multiple people, there's multiple personalities involved. And that's always the the art of it. It's trying to get yeah. all that stuff yeah. to work together. And,
2: and the other thing as well, you've got to think about this, that this is probably most people for most families this is their biggest investment mm-hmm. so there's not only the sort of stress of of making the right decisions but there's also the emotion attached to somewhere that perhaps you've raised your kids in or uh, you, you know it, it can get very emotional and i think part of my job really is to to try and manage those emotions and not get stuck into them
1: okay so uh given our current environment would you say that that what you just said is a common misconception that you're helping clients to overcome right now? Or is there maybe a a common misconception you help people get over? Yeah,
2: I think if I could, you know, in broad terms, I think perhaps one of the most common misconceptions about the real estate industry and realtors per se, is that you don't need a realtor or you don't Mm. need you know, we don't earn our money uh, yeah. from a seller's perspective, for example. Uh, and that is the more, the longer I spend in this business, the more things are changing. And particularly in the last 12 months or 18 months, when there's been such a crazy market, you absolutely need an expert. Um, you know, you have an expert for your, as you know, for finances. You even have a mechanic for your car. You know, you you really do need somebody to help you navigate this.
1: Uh- and you, you mentioned that last 12 months or last 18 months. I'm curious, just to give our listeners some context, maybe people that don't live in the immediate area, um, wow. how much things have changed since you first started in, in the market <laughs> way back. Um, what's been the biggest shift or change, in your opinion, over that, that period of time?
2: I think, like with most industries, technology has changed uh, things. When I first started, I had like a massive map and I'd have to unfurl it and try and find my way around. And you'd, have, you'd load your buyers in the car and they had no information unless you gave it to them. So um, technology's really been helpful. Google Earth is really helpful. It, you know, we used to have to just locally, Lakewood Ranch barely existed, you know, so you'd go out there and you, you wouldn't know your way around because it wasn't on the map yet. You had to know. So technology, each, definitely.
1: Yeah. You had to know east, west, south and north. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> there was a yeah. maps. You had to know your direction.
2: Yeah. But you know what? Thank goodness in this country, everything's in a grid system. So that helps.
1: Yeah. Right. So everybody talks about how much the prices are going up. Right. Where we live, which is great if you're selling. But what what are some of the unintended consequences, do you think, of prices that keep going up and up and up? And we don't have some kind of a correction or pullback for a really long time.
2: Right. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest impact is for low and middle income families that simply cannot stay in the market or cannot enter the market. Uh, We're already seeing the effects in our, our sister business, Murray Homes, which is a custom construction company. We've lost in the last three weeks, we've lost two key Office employees who can cannot find anywhere to live have had to move out of the area, and then the commute is too much. If you've got kids and families and things, so it's a serious it's a serious knock on effect. Um, once the house prices rise, rental rates rise, and I'm sure there are so many people out there dreading that when their annual lease comes up. And and I've you know heard, already heard some horror stories. So you know, hopefully there'll be some form of redress soon and, and the market will balance out, but it, it's it's difficult. The other thing that I will say is that here, because a lot of my clients are, this is not their primary residence, or it's even if it is, they have a second home elsewhere. The urgency is not huge. So some a lot of buyers are opting to just pull out of the market temporarily, sit back and wait, Um, But there are lots of families equally who need to to find that home.
1: So that that's a really good lead in to the kind of the next thing that I want to talk about. So there you talked about negotiating um, the nuance with personalities and working with people. So what right now, what do you think the most challenging thing is for sellers that you might help them to overcome?
2: Yeah, I mean, on the face of it, it's not much challenging when, you, you know, you can put your house on the market and get top dollar Mobile over asking. Offers. It'll yeah. probably sell within six days. But actually, the it, it's a very intense and quite stressful process for sellers. They, they have to be ready for the onslaught and they need somebody who's going to guide them through the process and help, you know, help prepare them, basically, because you get a lot of demand and some of that comes with emotion and you know you get there's people beating down your door basically so you know it, these are, from a seller's perspective pretty good problems to have and also you can only sell if you've got somewhere to go and that's a problem we're, we're all sitting on a pot of gold right now in our houses but most of us are like okay well if I sell where am I going to go
1: Unless you're planning to relocate to the Midwest or something like that.
2: Exactly. Yes. Then then there's, and can there's get a mansion right up there.
1: That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yes. The the vast expanses of the Great West. Okay. So on the flip side of that, it's probably tougher for buyers. And you mentioned some of the things. Is there one thing probably that's the biggest thing you're helping them over to come currently on the buyer side? Um
2: I yeah, I think it's it's a case of being ready and being Putting your best foot forward mm-hmm. in the negotiation. And the, cash is king. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. sellers are like, you know what? I'm just going to take a deal which has very few inspection contingencies and cash. So I know there's no financing issues. But that being said, it is possible. And we are getting people who, with financing, to get to win bids for houses you just have to be very prepared and you have to be and really keep sight of what you actually want you know don't start compromising getting a two bed when you need a three bed you know just if you can stick it out stick it out but yeah there are tools that you can use and we can use to to negotiate and to um, improve a buyer's position bargaining position but they just need to be ready and know that they're going to have some frustrations and disappointments.
1: Yeah, like many things in life, it never <laughs> goes smoothly. Or oftentimes, it doesn't. Okay, so you mentioned you have the a sister business with your um, husband Steve, and so I want to ask a question: Do you do you think like changes in labor and materials, and what's going on with inflation and the supply chain? Do you think that will probably have a meaningful impact on the real estate market going forward? I'm just interested in what your perspective is on that.
2: Um, I think in the short term, for sure, the the labor shortages and the um, supply chain issues have severely affected the builders, the the track home built, the production builders like Lennar and the local ones as well. So they have really scrambled to to get on track. They are actually doing a fairly good job, but a house that used to perhaps cost uh, take six months to build is now taking them twelve months. On the custom side of things, we've probably gone from a, a builder out of fifteen to eighteen months to perhaps twenty-four months now. But I see that the, I think that the inflation and the increase in mortgage rates is actually probably right now the only thing that's going to hopefully level out the market, because, not least because the sellers are going to hopefully be sitting there going, okay. Interest rates are rising, inflation is going up. Should I, maybe this is the best time to sell my house. By them putting that, the, what we're lacking is inventory. If they put their houses on the market, then that allows more buyers to come in and perhaps we'll, we'll start to level, level the market out.
1: I guess the flip side of that, or the, the counter thing that's hurting that is, is um, it's still a really desirable place to relocate to. And we have yeah. many or more people coming to Florida every day as we did before the pandemic for whatever various yeah. reasons that might be. Okay. So that, Absolutely. That's, yeah. and that's true of for buyers. So a lot of the people that you work with, I know, are people who are relocating or are getting second homes. So mm-hmm. what's the biggest piece of advice that you give for possible buyers or relocators when they're moving into our area specifically?
2: Okay. In this current market, I'm mm-hmm. saying, if you want to buy, buy now, because in three months time, it's going to cost you more. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Um, But on a, in a general sense, whenever anybody's looking into it, I advise them to do as much prep as they can ahead of time so that you're ready when you, when you want to buy, you want to be ready. And then most of my, the buyers that I work with, actually I work with over several years and several seasons. Um, They'll come down, they like the place We'll do a really broad overview and then they come down again and you know really hone in on particular areas um everybody comes thinking they want to be on the beach and most people don't end up on the beach they end up sort of picking a maybe for pricing reasons but perhaps more often than not just they're like actually i I like the convenience of downtown i like being on the mainland um, we can always drive to the beach or bike to the beach, whatever. Um, but yeah, it's a case of being prepared and just get hooked up with the right people. You know, get yourself a local lender and get yourself a realtor who knows what they're doing.
1: Yeah, the uh, if you have a good professional on your team in both of those veins, that can make the process a lot better. And if their favorite part of the process is negotiating federally, <laughs> then, that's, yeah. then that's even better. Okay, we're going to we're going to shift gears. So I'm curious up to this point, what would you say is probably your biggest life accomplishment so far, other than our friendship?
0: Oh, well, (laughs) yes.
2: Okay, so now I have to rethink. Actually, I would say that I mean, it's a bit of a cliche, but raising my family has been a like the biggest achievement, the biggest amount of stress, but the, the biggest reward. And I've, I've kind of approached it a little bit like a business, you know. I'm like, okay, I, I knew what I wanted to bring out into the world and how I wanted them to be. So I'm like, okay, how do I get there, you know? And it's just that, you know, you know as well as I do, a source of inspiration, frustration, and joy.
1: <laughs> right, but all most parents will say, all worth it in the end. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> okay. Now, outside of your practice, is there something that you are especially passionate about personally?
2: You mean hobbies-wise?
1: It could be, or, or things course, you're involved or, in, or,
2: yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I suppose general hobbies. I, lo- I mean, we live in Florida. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just being outside and enjoying Florida, be it running, tennis, you know, beach, boating, um whatever I think it's you know we're so lucky to have this the great climate and the sunshine and I really you know will never tire of making the most of that I do absolutely love to travel um I like to go off the beaten track I've done all sorts of random things traveled through India for a month by myself you know so hopefully there's more of that in the future once the kids have left
1: right we got to get these kids out so then we can get on with our lives. Yeah. You got, okay. <laughs> mom and dad got stuff to do. You guys got to go. Yep. All right. Yep. So, let's shift back. I have a couple of other questions um, as we get towards the end. So, what do you see as your biggest opportunity for the business uh, in the future?
2: I think that we the biggest opportunity is to just keep sort of forging forward it's very much a cumulative business real estate and and I suppose any sales business you know it's about the long-term relationships and then they keep kind of rolling in and they spread out and and so the opportunity of developing and you know branching out with the sphere of influence is huge personally for me I think that My biggest opportunity is to really harness the synergy that there is between my business and my husband. Steve's Mm. business, he does custom luxury home building. So his business is extremely custom. His buyers come in, they spend a lot of time and a lot of money building exactly what they want. So those homes don't often come onto the market. When they do, there is no doubt in my mind that Steve and I are the best place to sell market them and sell them for these people. So I think in terms of where I want my business not to go, but what I want to add into my business is more of the opportunity to get involved with the sales of, of high end, more high end custom homes.
1: Yeah. And that would be a natural harmony there uh, between yeah. the two. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Now on the flip side of that, what do you consider to be your biggest business challenge or obstacle that you've yet to overcome?
2: Uh, well, current market conditions aside, uh, yeah. which make it pretty difficult, mm-hmm. um, I think that I, I, you know technology is a good thing, but could t- technology make real realtors obsolete? I kind of don't think so. Um, I think in many ways that we're more important. But it's easy to get sort of attracted and blinded by the next shiny thing as a buyer or a seller, to be honest, if you think it's going to make your life easier. So I just think that as a business person, I need to be very much making sure that I understand what I offer and and my value proposition to buyers and sellers, uh, and then just use technology to help me achieve that and do better at it.
1: Yeah, I guess the way that I think about it is, is there are certain parts of either your business or mine that are easily commoditized. And those are not the things that I want to be projecting as a value proposition. Um, I need to focus in on the things that cannot be commoditized or that are very difficult Correct. to commoditize, whether it's negotiating or it's, you know, the contacts that you have or the local knowledge that you have. Um, that can't really be replaced by some form of technology um, and right. those things focus on. Cause I think a lot of people in sales in general, they're always focusing on that stuff that's commoditized and they're not differentiating themselves from anybody else. They just sound like everybody else and people right. it's hard Absolutely. for people to cut through the difference between one person and another because everybody's saying the same stuff.
2: Right? No, you're right. You're right. Unless
1: they just like the way the person spoke their accent or they like their hair or something like that. That would be the only thing that might differentiate them. Okay, so Bev, if people want to learn more about you or they want to contact you, what is the best way for them to do that?
2: Well, the quickest way is to pick up the phone. But I have a website, which yes. is really a really useful tool. Um, it's got some good search capabilities and a ton of information for buyers and sellers. Do you want me to give you the? the yeah, let's give the website. Web- Mm-hmm. okay it's murraygroupusa.com
1: okay and it's spelled uh, just like it sounds m-u-r-r-a-y yeah
2: M-U-R-R-A-Y group
1: okay fantastic listen Bev I want to thank you for taking the time to be here with me today We've covered a lot of information in a short period of time but I think we're all the wiser and I want to thank everybody <laughs> for tuning in and watching and listening to the Confident Retirement Podcast brought to you by LPF Advisors where we are raising the retirement confidence of everyday people to another level, one show at a time. Thanks for watching, listening, tuning in. Everybody take care, be well. We'll see you next time.
0: You've been listening to the Confident Retirement Podcast with Chris and Mark from LPF Advisors. For more information on them and retiring confidently, please visit lpfadvisors.com. If your ears are pleased and your mind is now at ease, do share the program with your friends and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.